0: Friends, it's true, you know. Personal, local, global
1: wellness. You may now begin the course. The emotional response to love. It's awfully important. It's usually the result of the Declummy family. A show of affection. Redefining what health means for you. And the real fundamental you, you, you. Well, if you'd like a place where there's never a dull moment. Choose the right flavor of wellness for you. Syndacy Wellness. Hosts
0: the Personal, personal, local, global wellness show. Welcome today to Syndacy Connections. This is June Syndacy, and this is a wonderful network and show where we help people find the right spiritual, emotional, or physical connection for them on their journey of healing. Today we have the incredible, incredible Marga with us and she's going to tell us a bit about what she does and help anyone with any questions when it comes to spirituality, ceremony and medicine work.
1: Hi everyone. So my name is Marga Samadhi and um, I can be called as a spiritual healer, energy healer or sound healer. I also like to call myself a cosmic shaman, so working with the cosmic energies. I work a lot with light and I've been activated through light. And so all my work is based on light and how to Mm -hmm. connect with light and share the light outside and inside of oneself.
0: Amazing. So if some people aren't very kind of used to that terminology or Mm -hmm. how do I even start to access light? Mm -hmm. And how do I know if it's a good light or bad light? Mm -hmm. What would you say in terms of, for dummies, how someone could get started in the work that you do just from home Mm -hmm. just in a small daily ritual connecting to because we don't like to feel heavy and dark and clouds over our heads Mm -hmm. but just starting what would you say to someone
1: just to start i would say close your eyes close your eyes and come into the center of yourself inside deep in the in the chest is that light within there's no good or bad light it is only a light if we shine light the sun lights all around the shadow vanishes around the sun around mm. the light and so when we feel cloudy we can go outside and be with the sun we can be outside be with the moon any kind of light natural light is calling in that light within mm. um, the light is always around us at all times. It is with us, it is us, it is everything that is. Um, and so, for someone who never really heard that terminology of what is light, what are we talking about? Am I just putting the light at the kitchen? Um, it truly is just visualizing bright light on us, in us, around us, and connecting with that feeling of being illuminated, mm. of being shining on.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I think, I think that's really key to, to speak to because a lot of times we get stuck in our religious ideologies, our upbringings, our traditions, and that's something that can kind of cross over all race, religion, mm-hmm. and culture, yeah. light, and yeah. nature, and the idea of feeling illuminated. No matter which way we come to feel that way, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of people are stuck feeling like they're trapped and there is no light, and how easy a shift can be to feel lighter, or enlightened, that's a word that's thrown around a lot right now, <laughs> um, but yes, and I'm really excited to have Marg on the show, because just seeing her in public, seeing her in her workspace, seeing her anywhere, it's like she's got a, an extra hop in her step. And it's because, when for me, when I meet someone like that, I know how much work they've laid before them and and kind of had to practice coming back to that focus of being. It's not just something... Tony Robbins says we have to prime ourselves for feeling an optimal way. We can't just expect to to do that. Mm-hmm. But having little rituals and little things we do each day that help us ignite that in us, whether it's diet, whether it's movement, whether it's ceremony, whether it's ritual, can really help, I think, anyone who Mm -hmm. is suffering to find that. And that's why we have so many different practitioners on the show showing showing us that there's so many flavors and ways to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's really amazing because we were setting up today and we were Uh, the tech and I are knocking things over. And I said, some spirits are talking to us. We need to see what's going on over here. And let's uh, light something, clear something. Uh, On this land, a lot of the elders use sage. So a lot of the spirits or ancestors, it would be said, would um, receive and kind of understand the sage spirit. And then South America, that land, the ancestors like the Palo Santo more. Mm -hmm. And um, so we started lighting it. And I said, oh, wait, Marga, will you, you know, a little demonstration for, for dummies, explain to people what is sage, what is palo Santo? what is this clearing, this crazy hippie stuff that people are doing, and, and break it down for us a bit. So we have a little, a little how-to for you. Yeah. This is, you can explain it Thank for you. us.
1: Well, the way that I like to explain it very easily. Um, I'm going to hold it up for you as you talk. Thank you. So, I definitely work mostly with sage and palo santo together. Mm. So sage is mostly a pungent, mm. this is a pungent plant. So when we think about pungent, it means it's dissolving whatever mm. is outside in the air
0: mm-hmm.
1: into nothingness. So it's cleaning all mm. the energies around. So it's cleaning, it's creating an empty space. But what it does is so it creates an empty space, but then it leaves it open. Mm. So if you just finish with sage, you have more of a possibility to have an open space so other spirits can come again. So I always close with palo santo, which is a pungent but also a sweetener. Mm. And so it's kind of like that closing space. You open and you clear with the sage and then you close, Mm. you clear also with palo santo Mm. and you close with palo santo. And so the palo santo is a bark uh, from southern America and and, uh, the sage, we can find it pretty much all around here for sure. It's also a plant. Um, And it's it's such a beautiful scent. A lot of people can be sensitive to the Palo Santo and people prefer sage. It really depends on what Mm. you you prefer. I like to light them together even and it creates such a beautiful um, scent What we it's mostly all about intention Mm. Everything that we do is with intention
0: whether we know it or not
1: (laughs) Yeah, so if we really believe that this can clear our space Mm. then it does Mm-hmm. And so, by cl- by lighting them on, we can do that right now. Actually.
0: Yeah, I feel we have such, such ceremonial vibes going on. I'll just put this down for a second.
1: So, you kind of want to let it heat up a little bit because it's very dense. and so with intention you just feel the surroundings Mm. connecting yourself with your body and merging with the external space Mm. and feeling how it feels when you move into the space why do I feel like I want to why do I feel like I want to be here? And really feeling like we're moving things around, energies around. And so with that intention of calling them in, letting them go out. So we can do circles. Circles are always good to clean. And then, shoop, and you let them out. And they go they go out and they transmute into light. Um, and saging yourself. Um, it's really nice after a long day at work, after just a bad mm. conversation, whatever you feel you're holding on to, if you clean yourself, you smudge yourself, you're really letting all those energies that are still surrounding your body, your energetic body, uh, you let them transmute into a different space. Oh, so, so yeah, beautiful. It's actually very easy. And the more you start connecting with those plants, because they're here for a reason, those plants are here for a reason. And so once we start connecting with those plants, we start feeling their energy and we're grateful for for what they do.
0: And remembering the ever connectivity to everything around us and how it can be used to help us. Mm -hmm. I I think it's amazing as we burn something too, if we get real in our head, some um, yogic traditions call it monkey mind, Mm -hmm. or we can't stop thinking and sometimes I... As I've done a lot of sensitizing training and people who do different yogas and ceremonies, they kind of get back into their body because I think a lot of the time, especially with our external yeah. devices, we externalize our nervous system. Mm-hmm. And as I sensitize and feel my body, sometimes I feel my energies in front of me. I'm not in my body. And as we burn these things and we use, you know, we, we touch something with our hand, it starts to ignite my senses to bring my mind back into my body yeah. and to really ask what you know i breathe and what yeah. do i need right now to really nourish myself and refocus on whatever task or service i'm um, a part of wow Thank I just, you. i just want
1: to add something to that the chatter mind the monkey mind mm. for sure um, in meditation the, the basic of the meditation is, is doing a, a single pointed focus mm. Tell us, tell us. So single point in focus is focusing on one single thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Instead of
1: cooking, being on the phone, watching TV, we're multitasking. Mm-hmm. And so by smudging or by doing whatever it is, painting, drawing, writing, mm-hmm. we're single focusing into something. Mm-hmm. And so we're helping our mind to only focus on what we're doing and not thinking about so many things on, on the other side of the head. And so that's definitely smudging. You connect with the land, you connect with the plant, and then you start really clearing your mind and clearing all the fogginess that is around which our energies mm-hmm. are energies around us
0: what would you have to say as a mindfulness practitioner and ceremony holder about what I think I don't truly agree with because it doesn't do my nervous system well but a lot of people praise multitasking mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. how you if you have anything that comes up around that in terms of if that is something to really strive for for sustainable, optimal health. Mm -hmm. I mean, in some circumstances, of course, but I think it sometimes pulls us apart. Mm -hmm. And if there's anything you want to speak to on, a lot of people feel all over the place Mm -hmm. and they're upset with their relationships and they're upset with their job and they're upset with this. And then a lot of people who start doing a lot of self-reflective self-awareness work, some guys who have to go to anger management classes, you name it, start to talk about how they're not really living in alignment Mm -hmm. with their feeling about who they are and what they want to do, how they want to give to the world, and how they think. And if anything comes up about living in alignment Versus kind of living in a scattered way because it can often occur when we're trying to please too many other people Or do things that are really not in our highest good. This is some some words that people use Um, We just have a lot of different kinds of viewers on so I try and expand on terminology as much as we can but um, She's someone who I feel really is in alignment with how she connects with others and and the work that she does so so I'm curious You have yeah, have to say um, to that?
1: I think everything is balance. Mm. And so whenever we have a busy day at work, we are also expanding our mind, right? We're multitasking, so we're helping our mind to do so many things at once. We're expanding the capacity of our mind. Yet, once we leave work and we come back home, we're able to actually come back to silence and to stillness. Mm. And so what I definitely know worked for me is to find balance and to find a time where I'm multitasking Mm. because my mind is still the most powerful tool I have to understand this world and to create anything I want in this world and then still find some time to be in stillness Mm. Uh, through meditation that Mm. was my tool is I to live in New York and be a New Yorker and have jobs and just you know very very active mind very active mind and I remember when I decided, okay, it's time for me to meditate. I haven't even heard that word before. I just wanted to sit down, mostly. And, uh, and the few first month, I remember telling myself, I'm, I'm not a meditator. No, I just have a busy mind, whatever. I'm just gonna be a busy person. I
0: love this. So <laughs> and, real, right? And
1: so I, I, I said, no. Why? I actually want to be still. I want to. It can be very painful when there's so much thoughts and we can't control them. Mm. I remember being really much in pain mm. and just, can this just stop for a second? I mm. just want to be calm. And uh, I practice, I practice, and I practice, I practice, I practice, and I practice hours and hours and hours sitting. And I started really just sitting with my eyes open. Mm. I was in the middle of Central Park. Busy, mm. so many people around, and I just sit, sat still, not moving one single part of my body, just my eyes. <laughs> I just look around. And by doing that, I was focusing in everything that was happening, and I was just present. Mm. I was not in my mind. Because what happens when we meditate and we close our eyes, mm. we can still be in the mind. Right, Mm -hmm. There's still the thoughts that are like, and sometimes we go in the thought and 10 minutes go by, oh, where was I? I was in this thought, but that felt good. I really like going in that thought, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if we actually open our eyes, we're here. We can't really think because we're looking, we're using one of the senses. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely find like using the senses are bringing you back to the present moment. They're here for a reason. The senses are what making you be a human, experience this life through a human body. And there's so
0: many ways to come to stillness, and especially on the nervous system and the way that we're all wired. I remember I was right there with her. I think 10 years ago I said, I just will never be someone who meditates. I cannot <laughs> meditate. I hate those people. <laughs> and the yoga's helped, and I, I had a kind of uh, you know very intense uh, mindset about anything I did. So. Um, extremes were my norm Mm -hmm. so first starting with the physicality of going to the really hot yogas or the really intense I was playing a lot of sports and um, intense yogas then I then I could focus on my body Mm -hmm. and that would kind of stop me from thinking Mm -hmm. and then I started studying some Asian and Indian traditions where I would bow like a hundred or three hundred bows and it would be like a wave For about three years that I would just soak into Mm -hmm. and so I could be moving in this rhythm but yet my mind would go blank in Korean they call it mua and it was just such a beautiful thing and as I got used to being okay with feeling new ways of feeling Mm -hmm. because it became a norm for me to have racing thoughts and for me to feel anxious Mm -hmm. and people say they don't like it but we often still strive for the familiar you know the baby Mm -hmm reaching for the mother who beats it as the policeman takes it away. Even when things aren't good for us, sometimes we still know them, so we rather crave that. And I love the explanation of the creativity Marga went into when she was like, I gotta find other ways to like, as the rappers say, get next to this idea of meditating, because whatever these people are doing, you know, on the screens, just like this. I mean, it's taken 10, maybe 20 years to get to that. And I was saying, you know, when you meet someone really successful, it comes from so many experiences of failures and trial and error, and and so when I see Margo walking around now, it's amazing to hear all the building steps and the building blocks that have created this foundation for this presence. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have the ups and downs, but um, it's really exciting to, talk, exciting to talk about because so many people want to try and they just give up right away because yeah. they think there's no way. Um, and it's it's exciting I was thinking when when you were just talking about these plants um, I haven't talked about plant medicine on the show mm-hmm. because I'm very um, cautious about uh, a lot of sacred things kind of being corrupted in terms of cacao in terms of uh, a lot of different you know things that have occurred in our last centuries of Mm. these medicines in terms of foods and in terms of plants that were really um, revered and now we have so much chocolate that is making us sick you know Mm. Nestle and all these different corporations that Mm. have kind of made the sacred uh, Mm. corrupt and so but as well when it comes to plant medicine and these plants that awaken people to Mm. higher realms of awareness If there aren't incredible practitioners and medicine men and women, and some people use the word shaman, to help people integrate any new experiences they have afterwards, the Western terminology would be, someone's having a psychotic breakdown. Maybe the uh, Eastern or like woo-woo kind of terminology would be, someone's having an awakening. But those things can go really wrong. And I've had so many people I've seen get sued, I've seen you know, get stuck in a basement for three years because they can't come back into their body, mm-hmm. that I've been quite cautious about speaking to plant medicine, but something's telling me that I feel comfortable having Marga speak to it, and just speaking to as well, that some people don't like to believe in this, but I think it's incredible that each plant has an energy and has a message and has uh, really a medicine for us and the intention of living a more connected syndacy the name of this network life is to be aware of all the connections that are ever present so if you want to speak to plant medicine or you know the messages that plants hold you're welcome to if you don't want to i completely respect that
1: i'd love to um if we go back back a little we start from the beginning. It all started from one cell mm-hmm. right? that kind of merged in the second cell and then mm-hmm. created life. So we talk about oneness a lot. A lot of people can understand it, a lot of people don't understand it. Mm-hmm. If we think about oneness, we're one big organism, this big blue planet, living together. We're not going out of this planet. We've been here for a long time, right? Mm. If we think about the material form, the physical Mom form. Mom had to eat from the earth, not from Mars dust yeah. to make us. <laughs> and so the plants are us. Mm. They're just a different form, a different shape of us.
0: Mm.
1: I like that you said that in spirituality nowadays we use plant medicine and sometimes it can be unrespected. Mm. And it, like in I think... We come back into balance. We cannot overdo something. Something has its time, and it's important to detach ourselves to wanting it even more. So what happened with plant medicine usage, a lot of people use it and go to that space. Mm -hmm. And they think that it's only the plant medicine that brings them to that space. And so they keep on doing the plant medicine, whatever it is. It can be smoking, it can be whatever it is. They keep on using it to go to that space. But plant medicine is not here to be used that way. Mm -mm. It's a big, big teacher, and so what happens when we use plant medicine, when we play with plant medicine, when we become plant medicine, we help the plants to show us a way to access that part of ourself that is already in there. Mm -hmm. So it's giving us a key to open a door. Mm -hmm. If we do it mindfully, with intention, we can open the door, we remember to leave the door open. And we can go back there because the door is already open. But if we don't do it mindfully and not intentionally, most of the time we close the door and we need the key again. Mm -hmm. And we need the key again. Mm -hmm. And we need the key again. And we keep on using it, using it, using it, using it. We just go on the cycle. What happens when we use plant medicine as a teacher is we learn to open ourselves to places and to energies that we carry naturally yes and we can tune into its frequency of the plant naturally without even having to have the physical reality of the plant mm. and so plant medicine definitely was a beautiful teacher in my growth yet I awakened myself without usage of any plant medicine mm. it is only once I was awakened that I started using it exactly and um, because I have always really worked with my mind and Tuning in into anything I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I was this kind of kid, you know, that would say, I can move this glass with my <laughs> I would do this for hours. I would try to move the glass. And I knew I could do it. I knew I could do it because I believe mm-hmm. that I have the capacity to do anything I want in this reality. Yes. And so plant medicine is here to remind us that we do have that capacity. Yes. And it's just a, a key that opens the door of ourselves. Um, Amen to it's that. It's a beautiful, beautiful connection that we have when we use the plants. When you use cacao, I Mama Cacao is definitely one of the most beautiful mamas I've ever <laughs> encountered and worked with. She was able to open my heart. So in, in the Aztec culture and Mayan culture, cacao is yes. the, the fruit of love.
0: Yes, tell us because I think a cacao is one in particular that has been extremely corrupted mm-hmm. and is one of the most sacred mm-hmm. um, and. If you want to speak to cacao, she led a cacao ceremony that I went to. It's very beautiful, mm-hmm. and um, and I think that people are living without intentionality and without perspective, mm-hmm. and um, have no idea there's even cacao medicine. But cacao ceremonies are becoming quite popular uh, within certain groups of people. Mm-hmm. So um, if you want to speak to it. yeah,
1: everything comes. Everything comes to. A more impactful experience when we put intention behind it mm-hmm. so if you want to just drink cacao or chocolate just because it tastes good and we want to feel a little bit more buzzy then that intention is what we will receive but mm-hmm. if we put an intention behind of feeling love Cacao as being the fruit of love. It's such a beautiful plant. It's a beautiful pod. Inside the pod, there's this white mucus that tastes like the sweetest thing you've ever tasted. It tastes like mango. And each each of those, inside the mango, you have little, small little pods which has one little bean, mm. cacao bean. Mm. And so it's already kind of so secret the way that it's a big pod, very strong, inside it's very soft, and inside oh. the softness, there's one tiny little bean. Mm. There's a few beans, I don't need beans there is in a pot, I think it goes around 20, 25 perhaps. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's a big process behind harvesting the cacao and then roasting the cacao and making it as a paste mostly. Mm -hmm. That's how I know I like to use it as as a paste because if you dehydrate it through the powder, you have less of the energy Mm -hmm. of the cacao medicina. Cacao is a mother and she's here to teach you how to open your heart. Mm -hmm. And so she... If we think energetically, she connects all the hearts together. If everyone drinks the cacao at the same time, that's why in ceremonies we wait, we celebrate, we call in the medicine, Mm. right? we honor her, we respect her, and then we all sip the chocolate at the same time, meaning we're all going to feel the openness of the heart at the same Mm. time, and we're weaving connections in between all of the hearts, and we're creating such a heart space. Altogether, and so in the ancient cultures, they used cacao for ceremonies like marriage, mm-hmm. um, like uh, birthing, mm-hmm. and also uh, losing a lost one, uh, losing someone. Mm-hmm. And so when we when they use those um, the cacao ceremony during those very hard times or very beautiful times, it allowed everyone to connect to the heart space mm-hmm. and and move throughout. The suffering or the joy but just allow ourselves to just feel the moment present the now
0: yes yeah oh, I'm being healed just listening <laughs> oh. and yes. it's amazing because if people aren't aware of what's happening uh, I use and with a lot of my clients that hidden irritants that kind of can build up and cacao can kind of make you high like oh, yeah. when it comes to the ceremonial cups Thats are only this big. I can only drink half because I start buzzing, I have to start moving or dancing or singing because if I ignore it, then I might want to you know I've seen people actually I don't really drink, but they, then they'll start drinking alcohol to suppress it because they don't realize they've just mm-hmm. taken a stimulant
1: yeah, yeah well there's caffeine and dopamine yes and ondamine and ondamine which is the bliss molecule, so you're going to feel your mm-hmm. body that will react mm-hmm. totally to the bliss ecstasy you're going to feel ecstasy coming
0: through. What is that?
1: Chemical called dopamine or anandamine.
0: Anandamine. Anandamine. So that's the bliss chemical with the ecstasy coming through, and that's when people we have cacao parties, and people are like very happy. They're very happy, and it's real. And um, and I just think it needs to be spoken about more often. Um, As we're speaking to the sensitivity of the body, with um, if you want to open a bit to your life history or your experience that have, has led you to do this very sensitive work. I speak to a lot in this network, sensitivity being a superpower, yeah. rather than something that feels like it's crippling us. And if any stories come to mind of when you started to see that shift, or when you, started, when you felt that it was crippling you, and when you started to see it as a superpower, um, if anything comes to mind, yeah. And how we can change that narrative
1: Wow, um, that I think that's the story of everybody's life. <laughs> How to come into my emotional state as being just an acceptance form of who I am. Mm-hmm. I was born in France and I grew up in uh, south of France mostly. And um, and for those who watch this um, TV show, I don't know what you call it, show the, the show, <laughs> or
0: listen on iTunes.
1: Um, Most people know that French culture can be very Mm. close-minded so we don't really talk about energy spirituality Mm. and I've been a child that has always been connected very deeply Mm -hmm. to energy and um, I used to hear thoughts and I'm able to hear people's thoughts and to feel people around me when they're actually not physical and have all those extra gifts Mm and it was really hard to grow up in a country that didn't really believe in this and so throughout my years when i was growing up younger had a lot of activations and a lot of connection with higher realms beings and whenever i would try to explain myself or or tell my story it would always be oh you have a great imagination Mm. and uh, or don't don't talk too much about this because people can start thinking that you're you know, you're cuckoo, going, you're, cuckoo Crazy. You're, you're losing your mind, and my mom was really supportive, but there was still always kind of like, a, mm. we're, you know, we're not going too deep into it. Um, and so I repressed it for many, 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 many years, and I realized the more I was repressing it, the more I was angry. Mm. I became very angry. You it say it, girlfriend. Angry. I was mm. angry at myself. I was angry at the world. I was a very rebellious Girl, I was the, you know, the, the one at the last table at the classroom making jokes, not listening to the teacher. I was just, I don't want to listen to anyone. I know everything. Nobody can tell me anything. And I was really just rebellious. And, um, and I realized why was I so rebellious is because I was not listening to myself. I was not being true with who I am. I was just repressing that mm-hmm. I am an emotional being and I'm a very empathic being. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea how to control it because nobody taught me. And because I was not listening to myself, I didn't know I had to control it. Mm-hmm. And so it took me many years to understand that. Many, many, many years. And it was really when I was in New York that was kind of like that big transition in phase, uh, 2012, 2013, where I realized it's time to be me. I don't want to hide who I am. I don't care if people think I'm crazy. I don't care if people look at me like, what are you saying? It doesn't matter. Tell me I'm crazy. I think I'm on the right track. <laughs> and um, starting to really understand that this is a power. Mm. It helps me to connect with people. Mm. And I realized throughout my entire life, people would want to sit with me and talk, mm. always. They always wanted just to, they start talking. And after a while, they apologize. I'm sorry, I just started bawling <laughs> on you. Like, it's. Because I'm here, I'm present. She I'm can hold
0: it. She can handle it. You know, you, ha- you were born with such a capacity. Yeah. And how do, we, how do we learn how to honor and expand and manage that capacity
1: and not let it overwhelm? No. It's a gift. Yes. It's a gift. And taking the time to be with yourself to listen to that gift. Nobody can really teach you anything than just mm. you. Mm. If you follow somebody else's teaching, it might be helpful to remind you what you already know. And so it's kind of like that key we're talking about, we keep on giving you the keys. Everybody, your teachers, the plants, the food, whatever it is, your experiences, they're just keys to open different doors that are already inside of you. And um, taking the time to be with yourself and to learn, why am I feeling this way? Why do I enter the restaurant and I feel like, oh, I don't want to be here? Listen, listen to your intuition, listen to what your guts are telling you. No, 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 no. It doesn't matter if it's the most famous restaurant or whatever it is. If you're not feeling it, you're not feeling it, don't go there. And the more you start listening to yourself, your body starts trusting you. Mm. Right? Because what happens is that we don't listen to our body's intuition, guidance, and we repress it, we repress it, we repress it. And the body is at one point like, well, if you don't listen to me, what, why am I here for? And it started going down. You started being sick. You started having illnesses because your body's giving up. It's been a, talking to you forever yeah. and you're not listening no. and it's so important to actually say okay I feel you okay I don't I don't want to eat anymore or yes I'm really hungry I'm going to eat instead I've been food has been such a big teacher for me and I've mm. always been so careful of what I put in my body and mm. how much and been really mm guilty, felt guilty and ashamed my entire life to eat what kind of food it is, Mm. and uh, it has been such a big reprogrammation of my mind and saying, Mm. no, food is good for me, because I started eating good food, Ah. very good food, that was the number one, eat good food, Mm. put good food into your body, your body's going to be happy, Mm. put not healthy food into your body, your body's not going to be happy, Yes. like, what do you want, to? do you want to give good food to your kitty or to your baby, of course, you're not going to give you know, crappy food that is full of fat or processed or GMOs no. or whatever it is, you know your body, your your baby or kitty will not get well with it. No. So yeah, I think emotionally speaking, emotions is everything, it's, it's, it's the vibration, it's a frequency, and so everything that is around us, we are recipients, we're channels, we're vessels, we receive a ripple of a frequency entering our body and it creates a certain vibration in our body and then that triggers a memory oh last time I felt this I was sad I'm gonna get sad now I'm sad mm-hmm. why am I sad I don't know I'm just sad and then I go down deep into my sadness mm-hmm. instead of just realizing oh I'm just feeling this sense of sadness oh feeling that it's just coming through and allowing itself to come back into the present why am I sad where am I right now oh I'm with beautiful beings I cannot be sad mm-hmm. and then let that go and it just goes away and letting all those emotions move through you and not attaching or identifying yourself with these emotions, but allowing them to teach you who you are and how you can assess them and, and grow with them and, and become more ep- empathic with your friends and your family that are here with deep sadness. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I feel it, but I can't be affected by it.
0: Mm-mm.
1: I need to feel you, but I can't attach myself to it.
0: No. And, and speaking to the reprogramming, what she was talking about, and how to let it stay here. I, I feel we have trillions of organisms here, and sometimes certain Asian traditions will say that the energy starts here and comes up, and it depends on the, the tradition you're from, but when it when a feeling comes, because this is where we, we want to survive, if we have our microbiome, the trillions of organisms, it will send it up to here, the kind of emotional sensing center, and if we can stop here and really honor what we're feeling rather than having to take it up here to create a story and get lost in this huge long tale of misery Mm. of associating rather than just being Mm. and talking it down like to a small child because i love how Mm. she explained it it comes a feeling that we might have known and we want to quickly associate it with a, a past trauma which is a story that no longer is in line with the belief system or who we are and what we can do with our life now but we still might associate that feeling with the four-year-old that we were but we shouldn't adopt the four-year-old's mind. A lot of addicts as they start to shift um, and and they, they, they start working and peeling away the trauma, there's parts of them they find are still not fully developed. And they have to really speak to those parts of themselves. Yeah. I think everyone's an addict personally. Some of the addictions can kill us, some don't. But in the end, you know, we, we try and find the balance. And being able to speak to that part of ourself like a four-year-old and give her a new tape. Like she said, oh, I know you feel frightened right now, but we're actually with lovely people and everything's fine. And you can take some deep breaths or go outside and shake your body a little bit and, and release it. But we don't need to go into the scary room with all the monsters. I'm speaking to myself as I say this because it's so real. And especially someone with a hypersensitive nervous system, which I think we relate to on, everything was overstimulating growing up. Everything was confusing and and would like to speak to um, you know, parents. Uh, having children in this in this scenario and some scientists or doctors who I would speak to who would say a child with a, a parent with a child who has extreme hypersensitivity and has abnormal behavior sometimes it's like the parents are uh, <laughs> primates trying to raise this human and they can't relate to the human as well as they wish they could and they don't know how to ignite its potential or what to say to it. And the child never knew it had all this potential. Mm-hmm. And I have to, to bow in reverence to my parents, who I always get emotional thinking about because they were so understanding and so accepting of my differences. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't understand them, they would let me go to someone who they thought, maybe that person can kind of, ge- mm-hmm. you know, um, gear her towards something she can engage with that, that makes her feel not so odd. And I'll never forget especially with the conditioning and the experiences and the life history my father had from the south being Jewish and having someone kick his head in saying dirty cake we hate you and you know like signs on the restaurants no dogs no Jews no blacks extreme racism extreme anti-semitism and kind of not having any other choice to to rather think this is your group and you stay with them and at 15 (laughs) there was a a big talk of Islamophobia at the table I have three brothers and everyone's screaming and we have all these uh, different opinions on Arabs and Jews and and judgments and, and everyone's getting really rowdy and everyone has strong opinions and I lean over to my dad and I said well I was hoping to kind of figure out how to go on this service trip to Turkey and study Islam this summer and he leans to me and he says, we'll talk about it after everyone gets up from the table. <laughs> you know. And he was just always, he would go beyond, and no one's perfect, but his conditioning to nurture me, even if he didn't understand me, why does she want to go study Islam? Um, but he, he did, and, and I just feel so grateful, and, and I'm wondering if Marga has anything to say to parents who are worried, are confused, um, don't know what to say to their child, who is feeling like i'm seeing all these things mom what's going on um if you have anything to say to those parents um to to kind of have an approach or Mm. kind of mentality of how to speak to their children to help to nurture to help nurture their potential even if they don't understand it
1: yeah um well, not being a parent myself, I don't feel like I, I could give any kind of advice. But what I would do if I would have a child, um, or the way that I would have preferred to receive it as a child, is support, believing in them, allowing them to believe in whatever they are believing in, it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and um, working with them and growing those gifts. So if, if your child comes and says, oh, uh, oh, I have this imaginary friend, he said this, 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 instead of repressing it is, tell me more. How does he look like? Uh, is he tall, is he small? How does he, you know, uh, what is this person? Does he come every day or does she come every day? Or um, engaging with the child, um, using the child's creativity because as we know, this entire world is created by our mind. And so the child can say everything it wants. It's true, mm. it is reality. Mm yes the more we grow our creativity and our imagination the more we create the reality we want in our world so i think definitely letting the child teach itself Mm. so empowering self-taught i've been i was a child who never wanted to learn from anyone and i remember my dad was trying to teach me to bicycle like so you go there no i don't want you to teach me i know how to bike And I would go, and I would fall, and I would go, and I would fall, and I would do it. And I'd do it on my own. Uh, He would try to teach me how to lace my shoe. No, don't tell me. would do it myself and I just always like to do it myself yes. and he let me do it myself mm. and that was empowering me to learn on my own because mm. they have the capacity not treating the child like a child mm. yes of course engaging with them and not too much of an adult way you know still embracing them mm. as the most loving children there is but allowing them to feel like they're an adult too mm. um, in France culture um, no matter how old you are if there's a more uh, older person next to you it's the one you will, will always respect and like listen to mm-hmm. uh, you have less of a voice being younger oh. and so if there's always that kind of as a youngest person you would always try to have a voice and nobody would really listen to you oh. because you're just younger oh. uh, you don't have the experience yet you know oh. and so it can be very uh, frustrating as a child and not really empowering to feel like you don't really have that voice and a lot of us have the throat chakra very closed mm-hmm. up because we were not able to speak our truth And and not able to say whatever we wanted to say with mindfulness, but really just expressing ourselves when Mm -hmm. we wanted to express ourselves and just allowing your child to be free, Mm -hmm. to play outside as much as possible. Let all the digital, all the computers, the iPads, the thing aside, no TV, um, teaching with the plants, going out and hikes with them, traveling, traveling with your child will expand its mind and learn different cultures and view different parts of the world i was able to travel a lot when i was younger i grew up in france and then moved to america when i was three and then go back to france when i was seven and we were traveling a lot so just seeing so many different parts of the world i was able to have such a great understanding oh my little country is not the only thing i was able to really have a broad perspective of what the world was so allowing the child to see so many things and um
0: and then believing, I had a man from Germany on here the other week and he said, as we travel we see there's many ways to go about life and mm-hmm. and it's a reality that there are so many ways, different ways to do things and especially when coming from a tradition or a culture or a family unit that is very strict in, in how life should be lived and it doesn't work for that person, to have a real life experience and vision of, oh yeah. my gosh, it can be done another way, travel can be extremely helpful for that and Mm -hmm. I'm such an advocate of wherever we go there we are and not to run away from myself which I did for so many years Mm -hmm. but rather it is is a reflection of what's already a part of me that I didn't believe was true and it's my my choice and our our ability to then take action on that Mm -hmm. and not keep running to it Um, and I think it's really incredible as we do nurture Um, ourselves and and children's ability and potential there's many stories because of my elders from um, different native traditions that it's very common to see spirits or to communicate in a different in a different way with other dimensions Mm -hmm. that they would say describe the person and it would be a grandfather or a grandmother and the medical medium who's now gone worldwide one of the reasons he was um, kind of nurtured was because someone in his family, I think he might have seen spirits or this could be completely butchered story but we're getting to it, told him maybe a spirit or he saw in his grandmother's body, do you know, yeah. that she had cancer mm. and that she um, he could see and, and he, he just said we have to get it checked out and it was true that she did have cancer mm and they caught it and you know certain things like that and so from an early age he was rewarded for his abnormality as Mm -hmm. it might be called and Mm -hmm. in so many instances that I keep hearing especially from native tradition or people who are used to speaking and interacting with the world in this way that that it's a grandfather or that it's you know there's a message coming through Mm -hmm. and at an early age and I didn't realize because I kind of blocked out eight and younger because I was seeing a lot of things that I don't actually speak about until recently um, because I didn't know what that they meant or what what to say or my parents would just probably go like this, um, and especially at a, a woman's um, first menstruation when her biology really starts to shift as well as her energy centers, is when I'm seeing a lot of women are starting to have... That's when I was having my first past life visions. It was so mm. clear. It it feels very different than a dream. Um, that I could... I was seeing um, <laughs> the KKK burning black people in our yard and hanging mm. them and tar and feathering them from our trees. And I could hear the crackling of the fire. And it, it, I could feel... In my own body, this, these horrors, and i I moved to, it, close to my parents' room because these these nightmares were not like the usual nightmares, and it was around the time when I started menstruating, so I believe that 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 we should honor the female biology and the female um, interaction with creation, which is different than the male and um, and see you know there's certain things that sometimes come about not just hormonally but also it can be spiritually or psychically in a young girl's creativity um, and to to give her some some wisdom to that's a superpower that you can learn from mm-hmm. and use a creative way of processing that to um, be moved to action and I was fortunate because my parents allowed me to be moved to action with the bleeding heart that I have and work with refugees at that age in my very uh, early adolescence Um, but I think it's something that if we don't have narratives that we can connect to that help soothe us it's very hard to navigate and what's incredible about her expression of her life history and a friend I have from Korea who it turned to anger extreme anger because she hadn't had explained what was going on and when someone has extreme potential and they don't know how to manage their energy well, she became a very well-known gang leader. She was kicking other girls' heads in the ground. She would beat up anyone. She's only this big, but nobody messed with her. Even the male gangs, she was a female gang leader, male gangs teamed up with her because she was so angry. And then she found a more um, like monk-like uh, mentor who helped her see that's a power. All the sensitivity that you have, you don't have to use it to hurt other people or make sure they don't get close to you. Um, you can use it to help others. Um, so it's, it's really interesting to, to speak to that anger that I think can be extremely misinterpreted. Um, and, and how I'm wondering in your, in your life, how, how it's, how it's changed in yourself with the, with the amount of anger, um, what are some things that help you different skills or methods to that part of yourself you probably know quite well the angry or rebellious part um kind of alchemize it or dissolve it into a different place and maybe certain things that you could tell others if they're struggling with that they could do that helped you
1: um to be honest i haven't i mean once you truly become connected to your heart, the anger doesn't even exist anymore.
0: Mm.
1: It took me a while to come into the heart space. I had no idea what love was.
0: Mm.
1: I was afraid of love. I hated love. I hated love. It was, I, 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 I thought an idea of love that I hated. Mm. And because I've been so hurt, and abused, not respected And... Of myself, not mm-hmm. respecting my own self, and it's only once I surrender to, okay, maybe I can allow love come into my heart. Like you were saying, she was repressing everyone, so they don't get close to her. Intimacy, and connection. As an empathic, sensitive being, most of the time you get angry or you repress people because you don't want them to get close to you because you know how it can affect you. And so it's only once I open my arms, and I say, okay you come into my life and I let, I let me feel what it is that I feel and um, what helped me the anger was meditation like I said earlier I, I meditated a lot a lot a lot I went to this point where I I left New York traveled in South Africa became uh, a volunteer wanted to give so much love because I had not received the love that I thought Mm -hmm. I wanted to receive and so I went to give give love and do something different and do something that would change the world and uh, decided to move to Australia long story short uh, in Australia that was when I started meditating and actually working with myself and I would spend coming from nightlife work um, working during the night and never during the day, to working during the day and sleeping during the night. I was extremely insomniac, because so I was barely, barely sleeping, and that started as being very frustrated, very frustrated, of not being able to sleep until I realized, what if I utilize this time that instead of being frustrated, I'm going to meditate? And I started meditating. And so instead of sleeping, I would meditate 8, 10, 12 hours a day wow. through that, instead of sleeping. and. I was able during that time to really dive deep into myself and work with all the patternings that I have and went through my birth to how old I was, I was 23. Every single experience that hurt me, I wanted to understand why it hurt me, why I was still holding on to them, Mm -hmm. who did it, why they did it, and try to accept it, and surrender to it, and forgive them. And I did that from every single part, and I did that my entire life, and then I did my entire family life, and my mother, and my father, and my brother, and then I went on and on and on and on, and I started releasing all the anger and the non-acceptance that I had towards Mm -hmm. myself or others, and through that I surrendered. I surrendered you say when you are able to forgive your abuser is when you know you've done the work mm. there's no more anger in there that's just compassion because whatever that person did to you unfortunately they're gonna have to go through it if we follow karma mm. karma is your biggest ally you don't need to do anything you don't need to go back and hurt that person mm. because karma is gonna get Get to it, Mm. unfortunately. And then your compassion comes forth is, that person's probably not going to be in this lifetime. Mm. Probably going to be another lifetime. Maybe it's going to be a little girl. Mm. Maybe she's going to have to go through what I just went through. Mm. Right? And so from that, you don't even want to think about it. You're like, I don't want anybody to go through that suffering Mm. the way that I did. Compassion. I'm sorry for that being, for being so mistreating and so abusing because they're going to have to go through it. Mm. And I want them to not go through. Um, meditation was for me number one of reducing my pain, my struggle, my anger. I eliminated any kind of animal product out of my diet, so I became vegan. And that is that I didn't want to kill Mm -hmm. anything. I didn't want to nourish myself from something that was dead, Mm -hmm. that I had to take the life from. Who am I to take somebody else's life? Mm -hmm. No. If that being comes to me and offers its life to me, perhaps... I don't think that will happen because I love them so much. But um, eliminating this kind of diet um, out of my routine, I started really becoming more sensitive to plants and to nature. And for me, becoming vegan was, not, was for the animal. It was just purely for the animal. I could feel everything about the animal, and I just couldn't stand having to mm-hmm. eat it. Um, and so, listening to my truth. The anger that is inside of you is because you're not listening to your truth. Because you're doing something that you know is not good for you. You're doing something that you know you don't want to do. You're doing something because somebody told you you had to do it and you're, you're doing it because you want to have, you know, a certain image or you want to follow somebody's rule. No, that will create frustration and anger. If you follow your heart and make sure that everything that you do is aligned with the greater good of the universe, and that everything that you do is with mindfulness, with intention, with integrity, with dignity love compassion generosity then you know you're on the right track Mm. um truly those um if we think energy once we rise ourselves to the heart we our frequency our body frequency is a higher frequency Mm. Um, and so all of those lowest frequency anger frustration pain suffering will not even rise themselves to your high frequency. Mm -hmm. You will not be um, seeing them or feeling them anymore. They'll go through you. Oh, there it is. And it will just literally just go out of you. So working compassion, working gratitude. Every day, even if you know you're not feeling quite well today and you're out of your balance or Mm -hmm. um, there's something that pained you yesterday, just go into gratitude. What am I grateful for? Okay, 10 things. 10 things I'm grateful for. It can be just the sun coming out and bursting out of my window and touching my skin, warming my skin. The sound of the birds on my window. Um, The sleep, oh my God, I just slept, that's great. Um, The smoothie I'm gonna have tomorrow. Whatever it is, just find whatever it is that makes you feel grateful. You're gonna build that muscle and then all the things that hurt you will not be visible anymore because you're gonna be so happy to see the things that you love to see. Oh. It's a, it's a. I think it's a long life pro process, and it it cannot become as a burden. It has to be a joy. Oh my God, I get to work with myself. I get to understand myself. I get to be myself and not hide myself. This is the most enjoyable thing. Then I can actually live the life that I want.
0: Mm. Totally. Doesn't that sound freeing? Because people feel a slave to their life, that it's chosen for them or there's no way out and that they feel so kind of compressed and I don't want to get out of the cover, under the pillow, whatever the word is and I just, I remember certain parts of my life where it's my responsibility to make it so that I want to get out of bed in the morning and That might mean changing a lot around, and that might mean making some people unhappy, and that might mean some people don't really find a way to fit in my life anymore. And those things can be frightening at first. But the freedom that comes from a discipline of awareness and training into what she spoke to, which is much more than meditation. It's deep unraveling. It's peeling the layers. She's gone very deep and takes very seriously... The precious gift not burden of life mm-hmm. and it shows in the way she interacts with others and and how she's blessed us with her story
1: mm-hmm.
0: I feel so so grateful and with the bit of time we have left as a practitioner if you want to share what you do with people as they yeah. come to you or certain kinds of clients that you attract or whatever comes up with that if people want to find you and, yeah. and experience
1: So you, my name is Margus Samadi. Mar- and we'll link it okay Marga means the way, it's Sanskrit name, um, the way, the path. And Samadhis mean eternal bliss, enlightenment. And so I have been given this name a few years back, after my yoga teacher training. And um, it's helping me to truly always resonate to being the path to enlightenment.
0: Mm.
1: Not saying that I'm the only path to enlightenment, Mm -hmm. but I am here to guide you towards the path of enlightenment. Mm. And... I have such a wide range of tools because I've worked with energy and worked with sound healing energy healing um, meditation yoga Reiki whatever it is that you find a word that resonates with you I have pretty much done most of it and I'm here to just do whatever you want to do for your life mm. so you come to me and you tell me okay this happened this happened this happened what can we do and then what I really do is I enter your matrix. I enter your entire being, being a computer. Let's say your body is a computer, and I see there's a virus here, there's like a broken little disc here, and I just go in there, and I wash it, I clean it, I take the dust out, I put it back together, maybe I can put an update on there. And then you're like, oh my God, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. And so, usually my sessions are energy and sound healing together. I use sound because we are vibration and because they're so soothing to your soul, and the vibrations enter your body, and they're gonna travel inside the body, and sometimes they're gonna find some like, <laughs> stop point, right? There's a tension there, they're like muscle, and it pushes, and it pushes, and it pushes, and slowly the muscle relaxes, 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 and then the sound can pass through. And so the sound, vibrational sound, um, sound healing are here to release all the blockages of your body, the tension points of your body. The sounds also, each of the instruments, carry so much story and culture behind, depending on where they were made and how they were played, and so they're going to bring you through a journey. And so I call them sound journeys, it's because they bring you towards the journey of your life. You're entering the memory lane of yourself. Some sounds will trigger some emotions and you're going to be like, why am I thinking about this? I should be listening to the sound. No, think about that thing. That thing is here for you to listen to, so you can let it go. So, through sound really helps you to release and surrender, and then the energy part is more of a tuning in into how your body feels. You're here, you're truly just relaxing for an hour, an hour and a half, depending on how long it lasts for. And then I might do some very strange sounds because Mm. I release. So, being a plant, let's imagine I'm a plant medicine, Mm. so you take me, right? You, You ingest me. I come inside of you and I move inside of your body, I'm gonna have to release for you. And the more we release together, we make those sounds, vocal sounds, movement sounds, whatever it is, we're releasing what we hold on to that do no longer serve us. Mm-hmm. And so the sessions are very powerful. Um, it, I got activated when I was eight years old and I call it the uh, light activation. And I was activated by my star family and they introduced to me light language. Mm-hmm. In light language is the language of the soul, the language of the universe, the language of light, the frequency, the pure frequency of light, and everyone carries that light language because mm-hmm. your frequency is unique to yourself. And so, through my session, I speak the light language to activate you, to speak mm-hmm. your light language, and to truly become free, free of who you are, and be your true, authentic self. Um, and so, there's so many things that I do. I do light language activation, mm-hmm. voice activations, chakra balancing, past life recollection. Um, whatever it is that you need, I am here to be in service. And it's not even me doing the work. I'm just a vessel here holding space and letting energy, life force, source, God, whatever you want to come through me and do the work. Mm. And all that we do together is only to empower you that you have the capacity to do it yourself. And so I really encourage those who are in session with me to, when I tell them, Okay, You're going to lay down, I'm going to place my hands in some parts of your body, focus in those spots. Mm -hmm. Because if you focus on the parts where I'm putting my hands, you're going to start feeling how it feels to receive something inside of your body that is light or energy. Mm -hmm. And naturally, your mind, we're focusing, we're analyzing it, and you're going to start understanding what it means to energy heal yourself. Yes. And so, how can we do to really heal this world is to empower each other to know how to hear ourselves. Exactly. And so being a shaman, a guide, a healer, a spiritual healer, whatever it is that you're using, we're only here to guide you. Mm. We're not doing the work for you. Mm. We're not the only one doing the work. We don't take any uh, recognition for the work. You are doing the work and the integration part after the session is what we're talking about. You don't go, you don't finish the session and then go out and put more negative uh, you know, thoughts or food or whatever it is in your body, you're going to really truly just be with yourself and let it sink in. It's going to take a couple of days, maybe a month, maybe three months later, you're going to have a revelation <gasps> That's what it meant. Oh, mm. that's what it was. And you let it go and you move with it. So, yeah, it's pretty powerful and it's, there's so no powerful. really, it's hard to explain with human oh, words something totally. that is not even explainable.
0: Yes, so. and you never know what's going to her- happen or occur. And I'm just so grateful that Marga's sat with us and, and everyone on here has felt her life history and a resonance with maybe your life history and how there's just so many there's so many methods and philosophies and healing modalities, but not everyone will resonate the way someone with a similar life history to you or a similar emotional pattern to you might, and that's why there could be a thousand yoga practitioners or medicine women, but only one will maybe be the right reflection for that phase of your life. Yeah. And then another, you know, for another phase. And so I'm so grateful for Marga doing the incredible work that she does on herself to be a force, an example of healing and of growth and of potential and possibility. And I hope that you all enjoyed this incredible time I Thank did. Thank you so much for having Thank me. you. It's
1: so beautiful. And <laughs> nice meeting all of you. It's so beautiful. Thank you for joining in. Thank you for tuning in and doing the work and trying to learn more and expand more and see something new, hear about somebody's story, and just connect.
0: Yes. I'm only here to connect with you. other. Zoom to see connections. We'll see you soon.
1: Well, if you'd like a place where well, there's never a dull moment, choose the right flavor of wellness for you.
0: Syndacy Wellness hosts the personal, local, global wellness show.